Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 345. 345, that's fun. It's made possible by our sponsors, Fitbod, Mac Weldon, and Hover. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. That's good. I never know if you're going to, like, if there's more to ask. I don't know if you're just going to go straight to Federico. You know, sometimes I'm just waiting for you to ask me how I am. No one thinks about that. No, it's fine. (laughs) It's totally fine. (laughs) And I'm joined by my weird fish brother, Mr. Federico Vitici. Hey, Stephen, how are you? I'm so good. I'm happy to hear that. Thank you for asking. Sure. You know, we are linked in the universe because of our weird fish tattoos. Yes. Sometimes I can feel something. Tingling. Um, on my left arm. That's an infection. That's an infection in the tattoo. Is what that is. Sometimes I think maybe I'm having a heart attack, and, <laughs> and, but no, it's it's our link. It's a weird fish link. Can I um, can I tell the story? I'm gonna tell it. So this was something that Federico said to us <laughs> in in the text chat. And, and I it's look, a, wait, it's just, a just wait, just wait. Mm. I've, I've people have said that I've told people about this, and I actually think it's like. I like this level of forward planning. So Federico had pre-decided before he got his vaccine that he would have the the like the the needle in the right arm because then if his arm was hurting him later on in the evening, Mm -hmm. if it was in his left arm, he might be worried he was having a heart attack. So he pre like he thought ahead. (laughs) Yeah. And got it in the right arm. And that is a kind of neurosis that I can get behind personally. <laughs> I, I like I like it when somebody knows themselves well enough that they make decisions like that. That you know, and right. honestly, I know you well enough to also imagine you reacting like this. That like you had a vaccine, you weren't feeling too great, your arm was tingling, and you immediately think you're having a heart attack with yes. no other signs. <laughs> yes. So yes, hey, my left arm is hurting, but I just got a vaccine, but no. Maybe I'm having a heart attack. Let's go to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to go. (laughs) Oh, dear. It was Mother's Day in in America this past Sunday. In in an America. In in, (laughs) one of the Americas. In Americas. (laughs) You know what you just reminded me of? In these United States. You know what you just reminded me of? Do you remember the, the, like, Teen Miss America clip from years ago where the ladies like she just she's asked the question and cannot answer it and she's saying about in the iraq and the americas do you remember this clip what no not at all i've never seen this it's one of the all-time great youtube clips Hmm. i'll find it i'll put it in the show notes if you've never seen it it's it's an incredible train wreck of a of a question and answer session so it was mother's day in the america and we on Saturday, Saturday, the day before Mother's Day, we met my mother-in-law and my wife's two brothers uh, out at a park and like rode bikes, threw a baseball around. Like hey, it was really nice. And the first time I'd seen my mother-in-law since completing my tattoo, adding the weird fish amongst other things to my arm. Mm-hmm. And it's just she saw it, and I don't think she particularly likes tattoos, uh, even though. Her daughter and one of her sons and I all have them. I just don't think she's a huge fan. So she's kind of asking me about it. I think mostly out of trying to be polite. And uh, she spots the weird fish. She's like, oh, what is that? Because, you know, it's like planets and stars and spacecraft. 
And uh, I told y'all this in in iMessage, but I just told her straight what it is. Like, I have this podcast I've done for a really long time. One of the hosts lives in Rome. Every year we make him guess the name of Emoji, which is kind of a mean game, but it's always really funny. And he guessed this and got a tattoo. And so I surprised them with my own version of it. And she just stared at me like, <laughs> like I was an idiot. It was great. Well, I mean... I appreciate it. You both are idiots, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> you need to understand that. Like, you know, think about that. You can, like really just let that one sink in for a minute. It's a real stupid tattoo to get. Uh, I actually think it's more stupid for Stephen to have gotten it. Um, like it's it's ratcheting up. So if this ire is turning onto me, it if is. I ever then can you imagine like the level? I don't actually. It might be less stupid. The reason it's more stupid for Stephen is. Be- because it's, it looks like, especially the way Stephen had it done, it looks like the coronavirus thing, right? Because you, you had That's it. That's why it's in the, in the inner arm. Yeah, you, you <laughs> definitely had it more. Wouldn't it have been incredible if you could have, like, if you had it on the outer arm and you just got, like, the vaccine right in the middle of it? Oh, that, like you're stabbing it right in the face. Yeah, that would be, that would really freak out the uh, the person administering the vaccine to you. It's like no, just right there. Like I I, yeah. I got it ready for you. Dead Bullseye. center. X marks the spot. I don't know. I don't think I don't think we're idiots. I think we're very smart. And look, uh, I'm we... not gonna tell you when or if. Well, yeah, that's the whole that's the whole thing. It's it's a surprise. It's gotta be a surprise. But I've I've considered how. Oh, it's it's less stupid for you to do it. Because now mm-hmm. two of the three of us have. That's true. That's true. Right. I'm I'm the one who took it from this funny thing Federico did to it's a thing that more people have done. And so now you're just It's a pact. Yeah, you just gotta join the pact. And then I wonder as well, like when I get it, who's gonna be the first listener to do it? Someone's gonna do it, right? Maybe they already have. Mm. Now that that's when we get to a next level. That's a level that I'm not sure I'm comfortable with. <laughs> the chat room is just in Kyle's the gray. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Do it, Kyle. Don't do it, Kyle. Don't listen to him. Right on the windpipe. As predicted, Uh the Kensington Studio dock will not work with the new (laughs) iPad Pro. (laughs) It has been confirmed. Oh, no! Uh, I believe the the iPad Pros podcast found a link to it, and then 9to5Mac contacted uh, Kensington and Kensington have confirmed that the tolerances on the studio dock, the what was it $400 studio dock will not fit and the way that they're going to fix this is releasing a brand new version. I was mm. genuine. I mean, I don't know how this thing is like properly built, but I was hoping they'd be like, oh, we're going to release an extra part. You just got to unscrew this one piece and you can put a new one on. Yeah. But their way of dealing with it is, uh, so this is uh, from, from Kensington to 95 Mac. I wanted to confirm that you are correct in the fact that the new 2021 iPad Pro 12.9 inch is incompatible with the current studio dock because it is thicker in size. Um, the company said that it will be launching a new version designed for the 2021 model. Timing is not yet known. Uh, if you have the smaller version, you'll be fine because they're the same size. This just affects the larger one. And I, what I just find so fantastic about this is, I mean, you could go back and listen to us when we spoke about this thing for the first time in January and raised this exact concern. <laughs> yes multiple times over and over (laughs) and have consistently done it and now it has proven out and it's uh chris chris lawley 
I also saw him uh, tweeting a couple of days ago that he broke his just by taking it out of the thing. I don't really know what happened there, but it looks like a disaster. <laughs> yeah, very unfortunate. I'm really, I feel really sorry for Chris. Um, yeah, I mean, if only they knew new iPads were coming, right? <laughs> I mean, if only somebody could have understood that. Yeah, it's 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 really embarrassing. I think. I don't know. I guess like. If you are sticking with a 2018 or 2020 iPad Pro, there's a version of that Studio Dock. Mm-hmm. It's just the timing of this. It it really. It also it's like it's the it's the perfectly like it's the perfect wrong type of product in that I believe that the only people that would spend four hundred dollars on an exactly. accessory would autom- automatically buy any new iPad. Exactly. Yes. Right? The, the kind of people who are into this kind of uh, accessory they're also the early adopters of yep. new iPads and so yep. the timing is just unfortunate and really I feel like they should have because of the cost of this accessory they should have probably thought of making it as modular as possible in, especially with the attachment right with the with the the, the little uh, thing that goes into the USB-C connector mm-hmm. maybe that should should have been replaceable so that you wouldn't run or just into... not built in such a way that you would need to replace that part. It doesn't need to be built that way. Or, so Adina just got this product. Oh, man, that I don't remember the name of it. It's like an, an iPad Pro drawing table. Hmm. And it's oh man, sketchboard it's called. Okay. It's like a, you know, like, like, a, like a drafting table. Okay. So it's like a large piece of wood. And then there's like a rubber insert in the middle. Uh huh. And the reason it's a rubber insert in the middle is because every time Apple updates the iPad, they just sell a new rubber insert. See? Mm. Exactly. They they thought ahead. Yes. (laughs) When this will eventually change, you don't have to get a new uh, crafting table. You just get the the inner port. Yeah, this is super clever. I love it. And so you you don't have to replace it. It's very nice. It's really great for her. Um, rather than just having the iPad flat on the on the desk when trying to, uh, they they have it really interesting. I've just got completely thrown off by their product images. Why is so, there a skateboard going over the iPad? Don't worry about that. that? No, if you I want to talk, about, I talk page, about the FaceTime. The FaceTime. Yes. There's a, there's, there's a cat <laughs> looking at the iPad and FaceTiming with another cat that's winking. A dog, a chicken, a raccoon. And yep. another couple of cats. More cats. Really interesting. These, I mean, look, artists. Am I right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So they sell a bunch of upgrade kits, and it's all the iPads from the iPad sixth gen all the way up to the new. And they said they had the new one they got is coming soon. But I can't imagine if you you would need because the, are the physical dimensions, the width changed. I don't remember. I don't think that has right. It's just the depth that's changed for. Yeah, so you wouldn't need to upgrade it. Uh, 0.5 mm-hmm. millimeters. So yeah, just thought that it was interesting. Yeah, this looks pretty cool. It's, this is a cool product. Uh, Kensington. Wow. Best of CES mm. 2020. Which one? The Sketchboard? Sketchboard. Nice. Oh. Sketchboard Pro, you people, put our podcast logo next to TechCrunch and take Business Insider off of it. Replace us. Replace Business Why Insider with us. Why do they have us? to remove Business Insider? Why can't we all be there? Uh, no one likes Business Insider. Okay. <laughs> Moving on from sad iPad news. Last year, there was a pick made by our own Federico Vitici that Apple would name a new head of PR 
You missed it by a year, but uh, as always, but I'm, as I'm always <laughs> just you know me. I'm always predicting things. You're ahead of the curve, Federico. I know, I know. I, I'm an early adopter of the truth, basically. Premature rickification. Yeah. But Stella Lowe has joined Apple as the head of PR. Uh, she spent time at Cisco uh, as well as someplace else. It was another like tech, corporate tech company type place. What does Cisco do? They make everything from like phones and voice over IP services. They also do a lot of high-end switches and routers and networking. Don't they do equipment. data center type stuff too? They do data center type stuff. Lots of like infrastructure. I just thought they made telephones. I thought they made telephones. Like yeah, they they, they well landline telephones. Yeah. Uh, she was also at uh, Unisys and Dell. So lots of okay. uh, lots of experience in the tech industry in very different companies in Apple. Um, but uh, this is great because it's been a long time. I mean, Steve Dowling left, what, 2018, 2019? It's been a a minute. 2018, I think. Yeah, this is intriguing. I I remember it was after the new iPad Pro, so yeah, uh, that would have been late 2018. Just another another thing Phil Schiller doesn't have to do anymore. That's right. Uh, Yeah, well, he's busy with Epic. (laughs) Yeah, he sure is. It's going to be interesting to see now that, like... Especially because it seems like this role has been run by a, like, Apple life person, right? For, you know, or, like, long-term Apple people for for a really long time. So it's going to be intriguing to see if or how it's changed by an outside hire. You know, like, I think it was John Gruber that, that referenced... I don't remember the guy's name. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Was uh, it Browning, who was the retail guy who came from the UK and would just like did a bunch of terrible things and then left. Was but it then, John Browett, maybe? Yeah, like Browett. It was Browett. And then uh, Angela Arantz lasted longer and seemed to have a bit of a better impact. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be intriguing because you know PRs is so special for Apple, like so important. I should say, it's going to be interesting to see how someone coming into that role who's not been a, like Cisco do not deal with influencers I don't think right like you know it's, it, hey I'm sure there's a network influence well uh, yeah sure segment but, you know, out there yeah but they're not like cool YouTubers <laughs> right yeah it's <laughs> gonna be really intriguing it's gonna be really really intriguing to see if anything changes how it changes I mean ultimately I think what's clear is that the people that are already at Apple have been working kind of without somebody in that role. So you would expect, you know, if you were coming into that role, just to be like, all right, how how are you all doing it? Right. Yeah. And then try and lead forward from there, I would assume. Yeah, I'm very curious about that too, because I think they've done a lot of really cool stuff. And I mean, just obviously we've <laughs> been able to do some stuff that they didn't let mm-hmm. podcasters do before. So hopefully she's hip to podcasts. Uh, she's probably a listener. Please. So come on. Stella, please come on, Stella. I mean, I mean, Stella. I, I'm, I have some tips. We have some tips. Basically, the way that PR works at Apple is you just send uh, review units and scoops to MacStories.net and Relay.fm. The Apple PR one hundred one. That's that's all you need to do. Uh, no, please, but this is don't take this is good. Our I, interviews away, Stella. Yes, <laughs> please. Um, I don't know. I feel like. This kind of change is exciting, but also scary at the same time. Like, what if this person actually hates us? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we'll, we'll see how it goes for sure. Stella, if you're out there, 
I'm not the person who cut a computer open to fill it with bouncy balls. That was another guy. <laughs> don't take that. Don't He's make also that. not the person that uh, made the hissing video. That was somebody. Also somebody else. Mm. No, the hissing video was, was someone else. The other Stephen Hackett. The yeah, one that that's plays the guitar, gu- guitar player. The guitar, guitar player, player from Genesis. <laughs> yeah, from he Genesis. has hearing damage. So he hears hissing in his ear. Too much loud music. So Not this guy. Not yeah. Not me. Long-time listeners of this show will remember an obsession we had for a while with the Tiny Heads graphical style. So you've seen this many times. Many technology companies use these weird illustrations with people with huge bodies and tiny heads. This was a thing that we couldn't, once we saw it, we couldn't stop seeing it, and every week we were mentioning it. Somebody sent this to us, I think it may have been the One True John, sent like a Wired article talking about this design phenomenon. And it is called Corporate Memphis. That is the term. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> the, uh, the article itself didn't do a good job for me of explaining where this came from. So I ended up finding it on Wikipedia. And this is the Wikipedia summary. Corporate Memphis is a term used sometimes disparagingly to describe a flat geometric art style widely used in big tech illustrations in the late 2010s and early 2020s. Common motifs are flat cartoon characters in action, disproportionate features such as long and bendy limbs, and minimal facial features. So, no, well, re- read the last line. Keep going. Read the last line at the very end. Oh, I didn't. I didn't copy that. It's a reference to the Memphis Group, an Italian architecture. What? <laughs> yes, an not Italian. My fault. How yeah. did I miss this part? How did I miss this part of the Wikipedia? I just copied it into the. Uh, this term is a reference to the Memphis Group, an Italian architecture group from the 1980s, known for its garish designs. I will tell you, the furniture from the Memphis Group is amazing. Yeah, and I, I guess love this it. is referencing. There is a design style called Memphis something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen it in keyboard design. Weirdly, uh, there is like the, and and this kind of evokes that kind of Memphis design style. Yeah, and so it all kind of comes back around. I suppose. It, it, Why are the Italians involved? It kind of reminds me of the Gizmo theme that never showed up in Mac OS eight. If anyone remembers, yeah. remembers that. So I just did some very quick jumping around on Wikipedia. So it's based on the Memphis group, also known as Memphis Milano. Uh, was a design and architecture group founded by this um, uh, Italian architect and designer named Ettore Sozzas. I believe that's how you say that. Uh, and Sozzas worked at um, the Olivetti company. Uh, you know, they make uh, typewriters. And this is one of the designs that he worked on, the Olivetti Valentine typewriter. It's a beautiful typewriter. Interesting. Okay, so the basically the tiny heads, they come from Italy. Seems like is it. that is that the takeaway it, of all it this? Comes from Italy, but it's named after me, my 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 home. Really, this whole thing has now just become weirder and weirder. Yeah. That now there's this weird Memphis Italian connection to it. We we were so uh, obsessed with this that we ended up releasing a T-shirt that I love that nobody else loved. <laughs> it's the answer <laughs> to that. <laughs> you're going to be out there and you're going to say, "Hey, I would like this T-shirt to come back." Well, none of you bought them in the first the first time, so yeah, so you don't get them. I have two of them, and I love them. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, you, you, yeah. So, like, you can go to the Cotton Bureau website and you can say, "Hey, bring it back." Well, we're not going to bring it back. 
should have thought that the first time. We're not going <laughs> to do it. If you wanted it so bad, we're not going to do it. And if you say, oh, well, I wasn't around the first time, well, you can just look to your fellow listeners and blame them. Yeah. Doesn't matter. We could get a million people smashing that button and we're not bringing it back. Look around and blame somebody. That's how Twitter works, basically. Yeah. Go blame someone. <laughs> so. Go blame someone else. Nothing to do with us. Yeah. Agreed. Federico, would you like to uh, talk about why we were stupid last week? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Apple Hi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, we are dumb, basically. Why this is are you so annoying. Should have seen this. Should have thought of this. So we, yeah, we were discussing uh, Apple Music Hi-Fi. So this idea that Apple is working on a higher resolution tier for Apple Music for lossless audio, and we just focused our conversation on what does it mean to have high-resolution audio, what does it mean to be lossless, what's the difference between CD quality or even, you know, higher-resolution formats. We just thought about that, and we discussed, well, how can they bring this, you know, higher-resolution audio to to existing headphones that they are selling that millions of people have, such as AirPods Pro or AirPods Max? if they don't have dedicated chips inside of them that can decode that higher resolution format. We are stupid, the three of us, because Mm -hmm. we didn't consider the fact that Apple likes to do its, you know, custom software (laughs) instead of hardware for these kinds of things. (laughs) And we didn't consider how one potential avenue that Apple could explore is bringing one of the most interesting audio-related features that they have launched in the past year, spatial audio, bringing that from movies and TV shows in the TV app to music. And what would that be like? And this kind of lines up with some of the things that I have seen and heard about the some code strings that have been found in the iOS 14.6 beta. And there's like a bunch of things actually lining up where all of this makes sense. So part of this is based on these references that Mac Rumors and 9to5Mac also published them uh, independently. Um, and it kind of lines up with conversation that I had. And also this is like my theory about how this could potentially go. So I feel like Apple is obviously not going to go after the audiophile market per se, right? They're not going to say, oh, and now Apple Music for all you audio nerds out there, uh, you can listen to FLAC files in Apple Music, but only if you have an external DAC <laughs> that supports this resolution. Like, Apple is not going to do any of that, right? <laughs> they're, if they're going to do this, they're going to make it as friendly and as intuitive as possible. But also when you think about it, Apple likes to have, you know, its own unique twists for these kinds of things. And I feel like, what if Apple took the one aspect that is generally one of the many reasons why audiophiles like to listen to music a certain way, which is the idea of having this bigger, wider soundstage and being able to recognize each instrument playing around you, right? And I'm super simplifying here for the sake of the conversation. But what if they took that idea and simplified it as much as possible and said, and now we have spatial audio in Apple Music, right? And this could be something that they do in software, just like they did for movies and TV shows in the TV app with AirPods. 
it could be something that could potentially work on existing AirPods models, right? It could work on, Air on AirPods 2, on AirPods Pro, and AirPods Max. Wouldn't require dedicated hardware. It would be a software feature, and nobody else would have it, right? That's the idea. The problem with this um, is that it will require record labels, right, to participate in right. this initiative and to actually send in masters that support this uh, different format that is going to work for, if they do it, that is going to work for special audio in Apple Music. So where this gets interesting is I got a couple of messages last week from people who work in the, mu in the music industry that told me... Um, Basically, uh, we've actually been told to start providing masters in this new Dolby uh, format that is going to work for spatial audio. And if we don't do it, basically, we've been encouraged to do it so that we can be featured in the, uh, in the future on Apple Music in a bunch of different sections and playlists, right? So I thought that was fascinating. And I started putting two and two together and I realized, oh... Like when we talk about high resolution music in, in you know an Apple music, we shouldn't be focused on the specifics of is it FLAC? Is it MQA? Will it require an external DAC? But what about existing AirPods? Like I think it makes a lot more sense to do it this way, to take special audio, which is already a feature in the TV app, and say, and now a selection of music is available in this format. And all you need to do is just wear AirPods and you can listen to music that sort of surrounds you in a way like you've never heard it before. And I just think it's smart and it kind of explains why this may not even be a separate tier in Apple Music, right? Last week we we mentioned the, the what was the name of the website? Hits Double Daily. Um, yeah. they said that Apple Music Hi-Fi was going to be $9.99. And so we started speculating, oh, does it mean that they're lowering the price of Apple, of the standard Apple Music subscription to $5.99 or $7.99? What if it's just a free upgrade? <laughs> just like they did many times in the past for 1080p HD content and later for 4K content and then for HDR content. It's always been a free upgrade on the iTunes Store catalog. What if they do the same for Apple Music? And they say, and now for we are rolling out for some, you know, major, like the most popular artists, you will be able to listen in Apple Music, you know, special audio format. And this catalog will grow over time. No change of price, still $9.99 a month. And you can enjoy this with any modern AirPods model that you have. I just feel like it. that would be totally an Apple thing to do. I was listening to um, some music yesterday, one of my favorite bands, a band called Jungle. Very, very fun music. And all of a sudden, something weird happened, like something changed, and it sounded like the music was in front of me. And what I didn't know is there is a music video in the Apple Music album. And because it's a video, it uses spatial audio, which is just very peculiar. Like all of a sudden, it just freaked me out. Uh, I don't expect they'll do it like this because, like, the way that they're doing it there is like the the music is far away on a stage, right? But it's I don't imagine the spatial audio if they do the spatial audio, which I think they right. That seems like the obvious thing that we're saying, but who knows how it will actually work? It won't be like 
like spatial audio is on TV stuff where it's meant to just be like, well, the audio's over there. It will just be creating this almost surround yep. sound like experience with you standing in the middle of it, as Federico was saying. So, you know, just, just as a thought, like it's not, they will call it spatial audio maybe, but it won't operate the same way. I can't, I would imagine uh, that spatial audio currently works with video content because it's a, it's a different thing. It's, a, it's like a different uh, interpretation of how that would work would be my expectation. Yeah. Let's take a break. This episode of Connected is brought to you by FitBod. FitBod is the fitness app that provides a personalized exercise plan, a fitness plan that actually fits you. When it comes to fitness, FitBod believes everyone can be better. So whether you're working out three days a week or twice a day, FitBod's algorithm uses data and analytics to help you build on your previous workout. So your next workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. FitBot has been fine-tuned by certified professional trainers to bring the best practices of strength training to you. Your workout programs are tailored to exactly what you need, making it perfectly suited to your unique body, experience, environment, and goals. It can be hard to know exactly how much you should be doing while exercising, but FitBot figures that out so you don't have to worry about under- or over-training. FitBod will also mix up muscle groups, exercises, sets, reps, and weight over time to keep you in top form while making sure you stay on a path that's right for you, helping you take steps towards becoming a better version of yourself. If you're like a lot of us and you're working out at home right now, FitBod has you covered with a bunch of body weight only workouts. These are great for indoors or outdoors if you're like me, you work out in your garage. But if you do have exer- exercise equipment or access to a gym, they have tons of great workout options there too. They're going to have everything you need, no matter how much equipment you have access to. It's really flexible. I've been using FitBot. I love how easy it was to set up, went in, answered some questions, told it the type of equipment I had, and uh, it just builds exercises for me. So I don't have to keep up with you know some apple note writing down what i'm doing or you know trying to remember it it just takes care of all of that and uh it's really worked well for me fitbot is available on ios and android and you can get started right now by going to fitbod.me connected and you'll get 25 percent off your membership that's fitbod f-i-t-b-o-d dot me slash connected to try FitBot out for free, and they get 25% off when you sign up for a membership. Our thanks to FitBot for their support of Connected and Relay FM. I have some breaking news. You ready for this? It's not really breaking. I just didn't see it until we were already recording. So, uh, but why is it or is it not breaking uh, news? It was breaking news at 7.32 Pacific time. So it was breaking news 20 minutes ago? So it's like not. Re- it's like something everyone's gonna know about. Maybe by the time the show comes out, <laughs> like the you're like the worst news channel ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Chipolo One is now for sale. Oh, this is the worst breaking news. So if you don't want an air tag, you want something with a little more color and a hole punch through it, so you can attach it to things. Uh, you can get them. Uh, it's twenty five dollars. Oh, nice colors. Nice colors. Yeah, I like the the blue, mm. red, yellow, green deal. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's twenty five bucks for one, seventy five dollars for a four pack, one hundred and five dollars for a six pack. These seems to be seem to be sale prices, maybe or launch prices. So they are undercutting Apple a little bit. They don't have the U one, so you won't get the cool like arrow as you take your new iPhone around, but. Has got the the rest of the stuff looks pretty awesome. Could be uh, 
a nice alternative if you don't want to buy an AirTag and then buy something to put your AirTag in so it can attach to something. Lads, I'm buying one. Do it. Just, I'll just see what happens. I don't know. Okay. Did you just call us lads? He did. Yeah, you're the lads. <laughs> what what color are you doing? Oh, I didn't even think about that. I got a blue one. I just <laughs> <laughs> so are we all wait a sec. Are we all buying Chipolo things? Because I'm gonna get one. Yeah, but I'm I'm not gonna do the one to three business day shipping because it's thirteen pounds. Uh, and it, 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 it will be it. here in a couple of weeks. All right, hold but, on, hold on. We're gonna do this. I'm gonna get a Chipolo. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna do black. What color? I want to get a, either red or yellow. I have blue. Um, so are you are you all just going to wait? So I've got 10 to 14 business day shipping, which is basically a month. In my, <laughs> wait, you're going to do faster shipping? I don't want to pay How? Let's see. Check out. <laughs> why, is this, why is this a podcast? Check out. Um, <laughs> Express check. How do I choose? Okay. Apple Pay. No. Contact yeah, Apple information. Pay. Oh. Can you use? Can, you, can I use uh, Apple Pay on a Mac? It'll ask your watch. Yeah, it asks your phone or your watch. To, I can get standard shipping two to nine business days, or express shipping one to three business days for thirteen dollars. Why is it? Why is it not asking me what kind of shipping I want? It does after you do the Apple Pay thing. Yeah, you finish it after that. See, that's yeah. Clever. Thanks, Shopify. Okay, so I'm right. do isn't Shopify one. amazing? By the Ordered way, isn't one. Shopify just like? It is. In fact, I'm glad you said that. Uh, Neil Patel at The Verge took over Kara Swisher's old show. What is it called? Dakota? Yes. Recoder? Something? uh, Decoder. And he Mm -hmm. interviewed the CEO of Shopify last week or the week before, and it was genuinely fascinating. Have we all decided what the shipping is now? Because I don't want to be... I did the the slow one. I got the fast one. Oh, how fast (laughs) is your fast shipping? One, two days. Do you pay 13 euros for that shipping? Yeah. Apple Pay Apple Pay failed, so I'm using my credit card. Oh, I can't change it now, so I'm going slow shipping. I did two to nine business days. I will forget that I ordered this, and it's just going to show up. Like, who sent me a Chipolo? Oh, no, I can change it. Okay, there we go. Okay. I'm, I'm doing the fast shipping. I got, a Chipo- I got a Chipolo, guys. I got a Chipolo one red. We're going to be the Chipolo gang. <laughs> oh god the card Why? just declined why did that happen no, I'm, I'm really see, having a mess over here man. See, there, is Chipolo hacking us I think so I think we might be simultaneously destroying the Chipolo website <laughs> have three people ever tried to do a, a buy something from them at the same time before that's right there's an alarm going off somewhere it's, it's, this is a straight up failing on me now now I'm going into credit <laughs> I'm entering my credit card now because I think Apple Pay is just dying okay so why did I buy one we're going to see what it's like. Oh, oh, oh no, guys. What, what happened? Wait. Did oh, hang you on. send us the wrong product? I think we bought the regular Chipolo and not the Chipolo one spot that works with FindMy. <laughs> Excellent. Mine didn't. It's one, one thing, Stephen. We bought the wrong thing. Well, I didn't actually. My, I'm so pleased that mine failed, so I haven't bought it yet. So I'm just. Hang removing. on. No, I followed a link from Mac Rumors. Stephen. Well, Stephen, come no, on. No, it's not me. It's it's, uh, no, it's Mac Rumors it's, uh, no. Mac Rumors Joe. You you are in charge of this uh, now available to pre. You're in charge of this as a as a breaking. Yeah user. no oh no I we did do the wrong I thing. I didn't buy it. This is incredible. I did this by the way the worst segment in connected history. <laughs> so thank you for that. What am I gonna do with so, this thing? Well, so what I did what happened? 
I saw Joe's thing on Mac Rumors, and I opened a new tab, yep. tab and Googled, and then landed on the wrong Topolo webpage, and we bought the wrong ones. <laughs> View. Let's see if I can cancel this. View your order. What? I don't understand why you made me Your do order this. is confirmed. What I like is I was the person who was started the buying thing, and now I don't have one. <laughs> YouTube. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to contact them, and I'm going to put my order number in. Mm-hmm. Hi. You don't need to. You don't need to write an email on the show. I bought this. This, on a this podcast. segment is already bad enough. I don't know. I'm Did, just gonna give this to my mom. I, I don't have the energy to cancel this order. Right maybe now. now you could just do a like. You know, you can just do a comparison. You no, I'm gonna be Max mom. Weekly. I bought you a gift. <laughs> Does it work with Find My? No, it doesn't. No. It's, I no. I I don't have the mental. Ed. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna give this away on on Max or Weekly. Incredible. I, I, I don't care. And then the person that gets it will be upset at you because it isn't the one that works. <laughs> They're yeah. going to cancel their membership. <laughs> yeah. It's like Russian roulette, but oh with my membership. God. Steven, you are the absolute worst Terrible. <laughs> person to recommend something to buy. Like, I'm never asking you for any buying advice ever again. I'm deleting the purchase link from the show notes. <laughs> speaking of which, I actually, I actually have a few questions for you. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, Federico now has an entire segment where he wants buying advice. Okay. So I was thinking about my desk, okay? And how given the uh, problems with the Kensington Studio Dock and the fact that it was not going to work with the new iPad Pro... I started thinking, well, maybe it's time to say goodbye <laughs> after two months to the studio dock. I know, you just changed everything around for that thing. I had just changed everything on my desk to make room for the studio dock, but I just couldn't accept the fact that it was not going to be compatible with the new iPad Pro. And so I started thinking, well, there's this new iPad Pro coming, and it's going to have a Thunderbolt port, and I have a pretty good feeling for iPadOS 15 doing even more things with Thunderbolt. I have a Mac Mini that also has a Thunderbolt port. I have an LG uh, Ultrafine 4K display that works with Thunderbolt devices. Maybe I should go all in and see what it, what it actually is like to have a an, you know full Thunderbolt setup going on with both a Mac Mini and an iPad Pro and an LG Ultrafine display. So I started looking into this. I removed the studio, do- uh, the studio dock from the desk. I put the Ultrafine 4K display in the middle of the desk again. Uh, with the Mac Mini next to it. And so I started looking into Thunderbolt docks, right? And I browsed around um, on on Amazon.com, on Amazon Italy, and eventually I went for the Belkin Thunderbolt uh, Pro dock uh, that is available on the Italian Apple Store. It was the fastest one that would mm, arrive within a couple of days. And so I went for that one. Um, So I set it up next to the Mac Mini, um, when I, you know, I I only have a Mac Mini, don't have a new iPad Pro uh, to also test that with. Um, so I set it up with the Mac Mini and a Thunderbolt cable, and it looked like everything was going okay, right? So for context now, this is like, there's a Mac Mini uh, with a Thunderbolt cable that goes into the computer port of the dock, and there's a Thunderbolt cable that goes from the dock into the display. So my idea was I can just swap a single cable, right, from the dock when I want to use the Mac Mini 
I'm gonna plug in the Mac Mini cable. When I wanna use the future iPad Pro, I can plug in, you know, I can buy a separate Thunderbolt cable just for the iPad Pro and I can plug in that one. So I can switch between devices and the display is gonna adapt. This, that, my friend, is the dream, huh? Right. It's right. the dream. Right. I had the same dream. <laughs> but so then I started thinking, but what if, so I have this dock, but in preparation for the iPad Pro, I had also ordered from Amazon the Samsung X5. This is an external SSD Thunderbolt drive, right? So it's it's SSD, an external SSD based on Thunderbolt 3, which is not Thunderbolt 4 like the iPad Pro will have. However, there's no change in terms of um, transfer speeds between Thunderbolt 3 and 4. So I figured this is going to... What do you want that for? Just as a test, you know, to just to ah, try okay, what, it, okay, okay. what it actually is like to use Thunderbolt for external storage. Um, and so I, I looked at the dock and, and I had an idea, right? So this dock only has two Thunderbolt ports. One is labeled computer. So that's where you plug in either the Mac or the iPad Pro. And the other is a regular Thunderbolt port. And I thought, what if I plugged in the computer into the computer port... But then what if I plugged in the X5 drive into the second Thunderbolt port? That could work, and it could be like permanent storage attached to the dock. But it would also mean that the display no longer has a cable that goes from the dock to the display. And that was when I started running into problems, because I thought, well, this dock also has a display port connection. Mm-hmm. What if I could figure out a way to go from DisplayPort to USB-C, which is what the UltraFine 4K uh, needs to be connected to, right? This required, like, uh, I wasted a solid couple of hours just browsing around the internet and trying to understand if this was actually possible. No, The UltraFine 4K is an old display, so it's also kind of challenging to find recent content and recent discussions on Amazon reviews or Reddit or Twitter for people who have my exact same setup. Also, nobody has the new iPad Pro, so it's not like I can ask and find content that mentions the new iPad Pro. (laughs) Um, But I eventually found one person on the Mac Rumors forums, obviously because I told you I love Mac Rumors, uh, you know, uh, always you always find that, per- and I be- I have this theory that when you find that person, that person is your soulmate. Like when you find that person on the Mac Rumors forums, that has your exact. <laughs> is this exclusive to the Mac Rumors forums? It's the only place you can find your soulmate. It's like okay. your tech soulmate, basically. Mm-hmm. Like when mm-hmm. you find that person, I believe there's a you know there's a good chance that you're you're gonna get along well with that person. Um, So anyway, this person had my same problem. They wanted to connect an ultra-fine 4K display to a a Belkin Thunderbolt dock using a DisplayPort cable. Um, That person mentioned how if you were looking to go with this setup, you needed to find a bi-directional USB-C DisplayPort cable. Okay. Because most cables that you find on Amazon are USB-C to DisplayPort only. Right. Whereas in my case, I needed to go DisplayPort 
to USB-C. And so the easiest solution was to get a bidirectional cable. So again, I went back to Amazon, I started searching for this, and much to my surprise, the cheapest and simplest solution was the Amazon Basics USB-C DisplayPort bidirectional cable. So an Amazon Basics labeled cable that supposedly was bidirectional. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I (laughs) ordered the cable. Uh, Next day, the cable arrives, and it seems like it's working, okay? So I uh, plug in the X5 into the secondary Thunderbolt port on the dock, plug in the Mac Mini into the computer port on the dock, and I plug in the DisplayPort cable in the DisplayPort connection on the dock, and the USB-C end into the UltraFine 4K. Seems like it's working. However, I notice the first problem, which is every time I go and try and wake the Mac mm-hmm. Mini, right? I, I Usually I do this by pressing the space bar on my keyboard. I feel the little haptic touch on the watch. I know that the watch authenticated the Mac Mini. It takes over 10 seconds for the display to wake <laughs> with the DisplayPort <laughs> connection. And I'm just sitting there, having felt the haptic tap on my wrist, but just staring at a black rectangle. Hey, at least it wakes. So so, I have a similar issue. Hold Uh, on. (laughs) Hold on. I'm getting there. So this is the... And I was like, okay, I mean, it's not ideal. It's like... But every like it adds up, right? Every day I'm waking the Mac Mini and it takes over 10 seconds and I'm just staring, standing there like an idiot, staring at a turned off display until it wakes up. But the more annoying problem is the following. So each night I like to turn off my Mac Mini uh, because there's the occasionally, because I run Plex on this thing, occasionally, for whatever reason, the fans of the Mac Mini will start spinning at night. And Sylvia has a very light sleep. She doesn't like that noise. She doesn't like the fact that there's that um, uh, LED indicator when a Mac Mini is turned on. She just mm-hmm. wants it to be off. And I'm like, I respect her decision. So each night I have to turn it off. The problem is that the next morning when I turn on the Mac Mini again, it doesn't wake the Thunderbolt dock. So the Mac Mini is connected. I press the power button. The Mac Mini turns on, but the LED indicator on the Belkin dock, it stays orange instead of turning green. And the only way for me to force the Thunderbolt dock to wake is to unplug and replug the Thunderbolt cable that connects the Mac Mini and the dock. And now I'm asking you both, am I stupid? Am I doing something wrong? Should I have gone for a different Thunderbolt dock? Or... Was this a nightmare scenario that nobody told me about and it's been the case with Thunderbolt devices all along? Well, I can't answer your question. Let me tell you my problem, (laughs) right? Because then you'll understand why I can't answer your question. I use the CalDigit TS3 Plus uh, Thunderbolt dock um, on my desk here at the studio. I saw that one, yeah. Mm. It's very nice. It's a good dock. Like I, I, I like it for what it does. When I was using a monitor that worked with Thunderbolt, no, actually, I was using a DisplayPort monitor as well, and I 
didn't have an issue. Oh, I was using HDMI, that's why, and I don't recommend that because you can't get Retina. Um, and so, at least with the setup that I was using. Anyway, so now, though, I am using the CalDigit Dark with my MacBook Pro, and a U- and the monitor I'm using is USB-C powered, right? Kind of like the... It's, a, it's another LG monitor, but it's not the ultra-fine. And every day, I plug the MacBook into the dock using the Thunderbolt cable that it came with. Everything turns on, and it's fine, but the monitor never turns on. And every single day, I have to unplug the monitor, plug the monitor back in, and usually have to open and close the laptop a couple of times, and then eventually, it will work. But it seems like every single day, it is a completely different set of things that I have to do to get the monitor to turn on. Basically, I just think, really, and I've heard this from other people, there kind of isn't a good solution when it comes to docking, right? And Stephen, you can tell me if I'm wrong. It's always kind of janky in Mm -hmm. some way. Yeah, and you just have to find the right path, and then whatever it is you're willing to accept. And it's also complicated right now. Uh, I know John has talked about this with his Mac Pro and Pro Display XDR, where the display won't wake up at all. And I think eleven point three point one made it better for him. But I, uh, oh, breaking news: Chipola refunded my order. Thank you, Chipola. Excellent news. That is that was so much better breaking news than the first breaking news that you gave us today. But I have a similar issue to Federico where I sit down at my Mac Pro, hit the space bar, my watch vibrates that it's unlocked, and it takes 10 seconds for the display to come back. The computer's unlocked oh. and like operating. I can hit the play button and music starts. And so trying to troubleshoot this, I think right now is complicated by the fact there seems to be something going on in Big Sur, at least for some users that add to this delay. So your system, hardware-wise, may be okay, and it may just be Big Sur freaking out on the Mac Mini. I don't know for sure, but like I wouldn't go as far as repl- starting to replace equipment or giving up on this quite yet. Yeah, I know Like one of the recent updates to Big Sur focused on like Thunderbolt docking as like a thing to try and improve. I mean, it didn't improve my situation, uh, but it, it there is something going on. Plus, I mean, like it's like a combination of things. Maybe macOS ain't right, but also this is just always a pain doing this kind of right. stuff with, with any kind of dock, especially with Thunderbolt docks. Because what what kind of something? I'm sure that there is a, a rhyme and reason to this and a way to do it, but there does seem to be like an ordering with Thunderbolt, like depending on what's plugged in first, because it's like a power thing, right? What's plugged in first? What draws the power? Like sometimes my dock doesn't turn on because I tapped something before I plugged the computer in or whatever. There's like there's like this system of like which is in control, like you know, a like cascading a, system, basically. Kind mm. of, and I think it's basically like what is considered to be drawing power most or first, and then that can affect things. It's Thunderbolt is really good and also really annoying because it does allow for way more expandability and you can control way more things more easily with less components like just having this one dock like i have one dock it has a couple of it's like a couple of thunderbolt a couple of usb a couple of usb-c ethernet audio like it's got everything on it this CalDigit thing and it's great to have once i get it set up for the day then i'm off to the races i just have these like five or ten minutes every day where I'm unplugging and replugging and tapping the space bar. Yeah. Like this morning, my keyboard just wouldn't work. 
I don't know why. Maybe it's the guy who built it, you know? <laughs> hey. <laughs> My keyboard wouldn't work for a while, and no matter whatever I plugged in, like I tried different cables and stuff, and it wouldn't work until I unplugged the Mac and replugged the Mac in again with the lightning, with the Thunderbolt, and then it worked again. And I don't, maybe I tapped the space bar too soon. I don't know. This, it, it, it's, it's janky. But it is cool when you get it working, and I and I uh, reject Stephen's statement wholeheartedly. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, because I mean, otherwise, it's a really nice setup, right? I feel like mm-hmm. I simplified. There's the Mac Mini. There's this elegant dock next to it. Um, cables are all are all hidden behind the desk. It's all very nice. And then when I'm recording, I can plug in the USB interface that I have in the front of the dock, yep. or I can plug in headphones because the audio jack is in the front. It's all very nice. Um, but this display delay is unfortunate. And also, I would have liked to have an additional uh, Thunderbolt port, which is why I'm probably going to consider when it's available the OWC, uh, like the new uh, Thunderbolt dock that they have, which is the only one that I've found that has three... uh, Thunderbolt port in the uh, ports in the back, but that like I believe you sh- you had to pre-order that dock, otherwise it's shipping in like a couple of months now. So I don't know. I have one of the Thunderbolt three docks from OWC. I ordered it when it became available. Yeah, I haven't actually used it <laughs> because what I don't really need is a bunch of Thunderbolt ports, right? Like right now, what I need is regular ports to go into that and then out through one Thunderbolt, right? That's what I need right now. I don't have like a plethora of Thunderbolt devices in my life. What I have is a bunch of regular USB devices. And you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the stuff that I really have, but I do, I saw this, I thought this, I know this will be useful for the future. So I ordered it because I'm still, as I said before, like I'm in, uh, I still don't really know what I'm doing with with my computer setups here at the studio. It's all still all over the place because I'm waiting on Apple now to release products. But it felt like something that would be useful. But then I realized the CalDigit one really is the better one for me because its whole thing is like all the stuff you've already got, plug it into this and then you get the one cable and it will, you plug it into the laptop and you're good. Yeah, I don't know. So looking looking ahead at, uh, at the new iPad Pro, I think I'm, I'm in a pretty good spot right now. Um, I have the Satechi Slim X1 keyboard that lets me switch between the Mac Mini and the iPad Pro. Also, fun story for that, uh, because I turn off the Mac Mini each night, every morning I, get, I see the login screen, right? Um, with third-party Bluetooth keyboards, if you want to be able to type at the login screen with a non-Apple wireless keyboard, it turns out you have to disable FileVault encryption because the (laughs) Bluetooth drivers for third-party keyboards are not available at the login screen because it's like a separate process, whatever. They haven't noticed this because they all use Magic Keyboards, right? Yeah. And it's like people like to use other stuff, right? Like it's, oh, that's so annoying. Yep. All of my all of my keyboards are on cables these days, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that would really annoy me. Yeah, I mean that 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 is when when you're wired, that's not a problem. I would say be patient. Maybe a big server update will fix it. And if it does work, then it's like the optimal Mac iPad switcheroo setup. I think it'd be really cool if it worked. 
I I want to try it when when the new iPad Pro comes. I want to see how it works in practice. So far, I can tell you that I'm impressed by like the speeds of Thunderbolt um, devices. I the X5 uh, drive that I have. I tested uh, transferring my entire uh, death cap for Cutie library, which is like a uh, yes. six point something gigabyte folder, right? Uh-huh. Including the new Live at the Showbox album. Oh, yes. it's so good. Um, so that's a, uh, almost seven gigabytes, basically. Uh, and I tested it with the Samsung T5, which is the USB 3.2 Gen 2 yeah. drive. Yeah, super speed. So it's, it's the 10 gigabit um, per second drive. So the T5 and the X5, which is the Thunderbolt drive. Uh, and it's like night and day difference. Like it took, what, 15, 20 seconds on the X5, and it took well over a minute on the T5. So it's like, yeah, Whoa. I mean, it's it really <laughs> is impressive uh, what you got with Thunderbolt uh, transfers uh, when it comes to copying and pasting uh, large files. There's one last thing that I hope for with this. Yeah. Is that Apple makes a monitor and it solves all the problems. Oh, yes. Because my issue and most people's issues, like, well, actually, Stephen's having this problem and he has an Apple monitor. So maybe it won't <laughs> fix my problem. But like my, my main one. issue is just that the, the monitor doesn't turn on it the way that I want or if at all. Um, everything else is fine. So my hope will just be that Apple will make a monitor and it will fix it for me. I kind of feel bad for my Thunderbolt ports because I, I'm using a couple of them mostly just to adapt to other things. Mm-hmm. Like the only Thunderbolt port that I have that's living its true potential is the one driving my Pro Display XDR. I don't have any external. I mean, that's a Thunderbolt. pretty big potential. Yeah, right? that Thunderbolt's living. That Thunderbolt port's living its best life. But yes. all of its friends down there under the table, they're just like, "Oh, I'm adapted to USB A." Well, then you need to rotate them around so they'll feel better about themselves. Maybe. My video card has several Thunderbolt ports on it. Let's move it around. There you go. Just keep moving it around. I'm sure that won't cause you any problems. Yeah. (laughs) What could go wrong? So, listeners, connected listeners, the passionate ones, as we call you. Yes. I'd forgotten about that until just now. The passionate ones. If you have heard what me and Federico are doing, and you have come into this situation yourself, and you're like, oh, hey... I fixed this with X. Please let us know. I fixed it by installing Catalina. Hmm. Well, that don't, don't do that. that. It's too slow. Too late now. I'm already on Bixa. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Mac Weldon. This year, spring is hitting differently. We can go back outside, get a vaccine, go see some friends. No matter where your adventure is going to take you, bring the comfort and style of Mac Weldon along for the ride and your closet's going to thank you. Whether it's hoodies, polos, tees, or active shorts, everything in the Mack Weldon collection mixes and matches seamlessly to fit in with any other trendy products you have. I love spring. Those warm days you get outside, work in the yard, go for a bike ride without freezing. It's a great time. And I have been a big fan of Mack Weldon sweatpants during the pandemic time and now that it's warm i'm transitioning back to my active shorts and they're fantastic so whether you're shopping for socks shirts hoodies underwear polos active shorts whatever it is mac weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit so you can look great and feel great from working out going out going to work or out on a date mac weldon is for everyday life 
They use a wide range of customized fabrics, so your garments will keep up with you no matter what your day looks like. And don't forget to join Weldon Blue, their totally free loyalty program. Level 1 gets you free shipping for life, and once you reach level 2 by spending $200, you get 20% off every single order for the next year. Mac Weldon wants you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them. They'll still refund you, no questions asked. So for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash connected and enter the promo code connected. That's MacWeldon.com slash connected, promo code connected for 20% off. Mac Weldon, reinventing men's basics. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for their support of the show and Relay FM. So as owner of iosstories.net, I am well known. <laughs> For my app coverage, sure. People know me. Call me the, the oh, big. Oh, people app. know you. Mm-hmm. I have a big app appetite for different <laughs> new things. Oh my! God. Here and so I. <laughs> oh my! <God. laughs> have you turned into a dad? And- yeah, man. No, I have some news. No, I don't. Uh, Parcel is an application I want to talk about. It is a delivery tracking application, mm. and I've used Deliveries, the app Deliveries by June Cloud. Is that the name of the company? Yes. Or is that the okay? I can never remember if it's the name of the company or their cloud service, <laughs> because they also have Deliveries right. Cloud. I think um, I've used Deliveries forever. Been a very happy user of Deliveries, but then uh, after many recommendations from the fine folk in the Keyboards channel of the Relay FM members Discord, I checked out Parcel. Now the design is pretty bare bones. It's yep. very iOS 70, and I, I wasn't sure about it. And it, people were going, like, super excited about the Amazon integration. Like, this is mm-hmm. its biggest feature recently. You could sign in with Amazon, like, sign into your Amazon account, and every time you uh, buy something on Amazon, it just adds it automatically to Parcel, which is very clever. Right, I think that this is a, a smart little thing that it does, um, which is fine. And that's fine for me. I mean, really, I kind of uh, maybe this sounds bad, but like I never really no, this isn't bad. I never need to track my Amazon things because Amazon does everything it possibly can to let me know about the deliveries. Yep, they send you push notifications, emails. My echo lights yellow, like yeah, pajamagram. If there's one type of delivery in my life I don't need extra help tracking, it's Amazon deliveries. But it's cool that it's in there, right? Like a fun feature. The reason that I love this application is twofold. One, it has support for way more services than Deliveries does. But the other thing is it does a vastly better job of pulling the information into the application. So the biggest one for me is Royal Mail, right? The postal service here in the UK. In Deliveries, every Royal Mail delivery, it just says you have to log into the website to view the information about this delivery. I have to tap the link, and it does a good job of pasting the code where it needs to go. Sometimes I need to fill in a capture, which I hate doing, because it's one of the image ones. The image captures are the worst. Show me bicycles. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Stop trying to tra- train your car AI with me, Google. I know what you're doing. But Parcel <laughs> somehow gets the data and just shows it in the application. It's fantastic. So, like, all of my Royal Mail deliveries, they just show up right there. It's... it. It is really good, and it has support for way more services. Uh, I really like it. I only wish wished for one feature, which was this is an I think probably a pretty unknown feature for good reason in deliveries. You can just add a URL to the application, 
to so like a placeholder. And some services, like the end of the URL, you know, you put the code at the end of the URL and it will just take you straight there to it. The reason I need this is I'm sometimes tracking freight company deliveries, right? For like when I'm shipping products and stuff. Freight companies are not something that people need typically. So none of these person, like the, you know, regular person deliveries apps put freight companies in there, right? So like this is when you're booking huge pallets of notebooks and sending them all over the place. Deliveries has it, so I can save the URL somewhere, right? And then I can just tap it and see it. Parcel doesn't have this. They only um, take any, like, like codes. So I wished it would have this. So I could just put, I could just paste the, URL, paste the URL there so I can just tap the URL whenever I want. It's just there. I would love that. But it doesn't have that. But for my, like, regular human being deliveries, um, it is far better at, getting the data and displaying the data mm-hmm. than deliveries is in a way that like, I don't understand how they're so different in the amount of information parcel is able to surface than what deliveries is surfacing. It's intriguing to me. I like it a lot. It's very good. I've also been using it for the past couple of weeks. Um, there's a couple of things that I love. Uh, the fact that the Amazon integration it all works locally uh the um authentication um like the session is stored on device it doesn't it doesn't communicate with any external servers i wasn't sure about this i was a little bit concerned that i was giving my amazon information to some random company it's all stored on device Um, it means you have to log into amazon on each of your devices you have parcel exactly Yes. That's fine. You know, I prefer um, that than 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 because it's like it is kind of weird. It's just like a regular Amazon login window. <laughs> like, what happened? What did I just do? <laughs> it, it, you, you may see every few days. Like I only got this once today. I think Stephen got it more often. Maybe uh, that it kicks you out of that. Um, authenticated session but then you just get a notification for it and at least in my case i just got a notification today saying your amazon session expired please yeah. log in again and i did that and now it's fine yeah okay the the other thing i also have been using it uh the other thing i've been having and having it right now is that they're not syncing with each other i used the sign in with apple option me too and i added some added something on my phone and yep. the phone seems to be updating but the mac app just stopped updating like two days ago and I cannot get it to sync. So that's I've just cool. opened it on my Mac mini and it's not syncing, but my yeah. iPhone is fine. My iPad is fine. And yeah. my MacBook pro is fine, but my Mac mini that I'm on now, it isn't syncing. And I'm just trying to add right now, uh, a tracking number to UPS for something. And it's just spinning and then saying, check my internet connection. So it, it can be, it can be buggy. Oh, there's one other feature that deliveries has that I've just remembered that parcel doesn't have. So like I ordered, uh, the iPad Pro and the smart keyboard folio, right? It's one delivery with Apple, but it's technically two deliveries. The smart keyboard's already here. In deliveries, when you have multiple um, items as part of an overall delivery, it says like one of three, two of three, three of three or whatever on the entry. If you tap the one of three or two of three, that's the one that then shows up in the main view. Mm. But Parcel doesn't have that. So I, uh, my iPad Pro entry and parcel says shipped, but it hasn't. What shipped was the smart keyboard folio, right? The, the iPad Pro is actually still in processing, but I don't get that until I open it up. So, you know, li- the little things. 
what I love about the about Parcel Two is that when you buy stuff from Apple um, and you put in an Apple order, right? It's usually W and a bunch of numbers. Um, if like when the order ships from Apple, uh, Parcel detects uh, if it's got a tracking number for yeah i just had this for something for, else uh, for like so ups cool. or dhl and it asks you additional information was found in your um, in this item do you want to switch to the uh to the uh, you know tracking company and you say yes and it automatically changes the apple order item to a ups or dhl or whatever apple uses in your country which usually has more information for the you know uh, step-by-step um tracking timeline than what apple does oh yeah apple just like they stop tracking right? yes like, it seems like it just stops but if you're able to get or find the actual number for whether it's like dhl dpd ups or whatever you can actually get the, the up-to-date info i think it kind of feels like deliveries is made by a team who are really good at design and little detail and Parcel is made by a team that's really good at extracting data. It feels to me like Parcel is made by somebody who, like us, buys a lot of things online. <laughs> that would be what. <laughs> what I really want, honestly, is for these two apps to just come together. <laughs> that's what I want. Yeah, I want the de- the design and like the detail and that kind of like modern feel of deliveries with all of the data and information that Parcel has. And that's the thing, deliveries is so pretty. It's and so beautiful. Yeah. And like even the widget, like you can compare the widgets, the widgets are so nice, the icons are so good. Like Parcel has some fun icons, but they're just like fun, but deliveries icons are just like really good. Yeah. But I... Th- I'm pretty sure I will continue to use both of them for my weird needs, but I think for my personal deliver, like personal deliveries and stuff, uh, I'm I'm going to be using Parcel going forward purely because it just does a vastly better job at surfacing the information I want inside the app. And also, like to your point, it also works uh, better than deliveries in Italy with uh, a couple of uh, shipping companies that we have here. Mm-hmm. I've had a better experience in Parcel. So uh, it seems like they it's got better international support as well going for it. Um, it's been around for a few years also, like, and I never actually paid attention to it. It was the Amazon integration that pulled me in, honestly. So pretty cool discovery. You, you certainly made a good first pick for your, um, what, what did you call it? App? Appetite. Um. It, no, I just have an appetite. Right. You know, so I like apps. I wish I never would have said it, but I'm also kind of proud of myself too. Uh, well, you you said it. So. Uh, this one is not an app that I have used, but it's just I'm in, excited about it. OmniFocus Four. Uh, it's been announced. I've used this. I'm sure you have because I don't because you you are the big app boy. But I'm really. I would maybe you can tell me some stuff about it. I'm really excited about it. I am an OmniFocus user and have been for a while. Uh, it's in beta now. There's some images coming out, and I think it looks cool. It has a much more modern design, which I'm sure is helped by the fact that it is built entirely in Swift UI. Yeah. And I saw David Sparks say about this, like this is probably the most complex application built entirely in Swift UI at this point, because OmniFocus is is no joke, right? Like it is a big serious application with a billion different 
features, right? Like it is a lot going on in this application. So that's interesting to me that it's it's all built in Swift UI. I'm hoping for a comparable Mac version in design and functionality. David seems to su- seem to suggest it it will hopefully be the case. Like so I I trust David Sparks in this. Um it seems like from OmniFocus's uh, blog post, it has proper sidebar on iPadOS. Is that right, Federico? That is right. It's a proper sidebar. And I bet that makes you happy, huh? It makes me really happy. I like consistency for these kinds of things, like context menus, sidebars, keyboard shortcuts. OmniFocus are good with this stuff, yes, I think. Yes, they are. They are. And, and I also love how it's a, you can collapse the sidebar. And mm-hmm. you can put all of your custom perspectives in there and you can collapse it and it looks like on the Mac where you just see the icons and it looks really good. Oh, that's nice. And I just like that they're putting perspectives in a place where I can get to them yes. kind of more easily. Yes, exactly. And this should be great for, for Sylvia's icons because they, they are so much easier to use now, the, the custom perspective icons that she's made. So it's, it, it's all very nice and they have that um, really useful quick switcher, uh, which I feel like it's the kind of feature that is becoming more and more prominent in productivity apps. So like when you hit command, usually it's like command shift O or command O. In apps, mm-hmm. like Craft has it, IA Writer has it, Agenda has it, like Obsidian, of course, has a similar what is, what is version. It, what, does it, what does it do? It's like like an integrated spotlight? It, it's basically like in-app spotlight. Like it, it lets you search and navigate um, for like sections or documents, depending on the app. It's basically always the same feature. Each developer does it differently. And it's kind of a trend right now, I feel like. And OmniFocus 4 is going to have this thing where uh, you, uh, you can navigate your perspectives, your projects, your folders, just by typing on the keyboard, which is very cool. And um, I'm very excited about they reference quick entry coming to I iOS and iPadOS. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, I said before, like I built a shortcut because entering a task on the um in the omnifocus ios app is a nightmare of things that you have to add and the mac app has the quick entry f- field which you can just bring up anywhere which i really love so i just built my own shortcut to do it but sometimes i'm not kidding i'm in omnifocus doing something and need to add a task i leave the app <laughs> and <laughs> go to my shortcut because yeah. i i just find it so cumbersome to add tasks so but i don't find this on the mac because the quick entry does exactly what i need so i'm really pleased that they're doing that and they also reference inline editing of task details so i guess when i'm looking at a task i can just tap it and, st- and like change the text of it or something again like the mac so i've submitted my email address to the beta list and as soon as i get approved i'm going to try it out because i'm i'm super excited about this it looks nice what what's very nice is that the uh, the main outline is uh, editable, so like when yeah, that's that's what I meant. Like the inline, I don't think I explained it very well. Because also they call it outline, which doesn't jive in my brain. This is just like the the list of tasks, basically. Yeah, yeah it, I think it's called an outline in, in yeah, Swift. I, I don't know why. Like a, oh, it's, it's like a developer term. Like that don't is don't use that. I then. I know I know right, but basically like you need there's way less back and forth between the main view like the list view whatever you want to call it and the inspector like if the inspector is still there but if you want you could just keep it always disabled and you can tab through the title the you know the yes. due date the project oh all God. those things and it's so much easier than before the I'm only really thing. Excited. 
I would really like to use OmniFocus as my main task manager, but there's a big problem. They don't have a web API, right? They, they, I thought they were building that. I thought so too, but I couldn't find anything on online on the Omni uh, Omni Group forums because they have a web client, right? Oh, but it's not an API. Okay, but it's not an API. They have mm-hmm. a web app you can a use website. On, yeah, yeah, um, because the whole system that I'm building in Obsidian it integrates with Todoist, um, but it could easily, you know. If I if I ever want to switch to a different API, I could easily switch to that. Yeah, uh, we had we had some uh, some questions about that. Uh, I meant to put it in follow up. Are you using Todoist as your task manager, or just for things in and out of Obsidian? No, no, no. Uh, because of that, I have gone all in. Uh, I don't want to use multiple task managers. Okay, so you're you're back in camp Todoist. Yeah, unfortunately, I really miss the reminders integration on the Apple Watch. That I used to use a lot, but um, because of that, I switched to Todoist. Of all the apps with uh, within uh, the task managers within API, it was also like the the prettiest one. I mean, have you seen TickTick? Hmm. So, also, is there a TickTick API? Not sure. Maybe there's a Remember the Milk one. There, there is or was a command line tools that worked with Remember the Milk. That's not like even close API. to what Federico asked for. No, it talked to their servers via an API, so they had something. Okay, command line. Tools. Remember the Milk Web API. Look, you don't. I it was services a, API. I was remember the Milk. Yeah, I guarantee they have it. They have everything. Except the one feature you want. And that's kind of how they tend to work. It's like they have everything except that one thing. Yep. Badges on the Mac app, remember the milk. Do it. Do it now. No. I'm not <laughs> that, is do it. That, that is the end of my app segment. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. WBC is just uh just a month away. And we thought we would introduce a new segment for this time before WBDC. But before we get there, let me tell you about our sponsor. That is Hover. Hover is one of our longest-running sponsors here on Relay FM, and they're the place to start if you have a big idea, a new project, a new business. Hover's that first big leap. They have over 300 domain name extensions to choose from, so no matter what you want to build, there's a domain name just waiting for you. They have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have if you get stuck on something like DNS or mail records. You don't have to go looking through you know, Twitter or Reddit to find the answer, just talk to a human being at Hover because they're dedicated to getting you online. They have free who is privacy so the bad guys don't get your information, really clean design on their website, and monthly sales on popular top-level domains. So it's easy to see why Hover is the choice for people starting businesses. All my domains are over at Hover. And if I have a new idea for a project, that is one place... uh, that I look, make sure I can get that domain name, make sure my name works out in the real world. So when I did my book about the uh, the iMac G3 and the beginnings of Mac OS X, uh, one of the things I did was I had a list of potential names for the project, and I went on Hover, found the domain, and that helped me settle the name of the book. We know you like intuitive user experiences, things that just work, and so you're going to appreciate Hover's clean UX and UI. It's really simple, easy to navigate. So buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com slash connected 
and get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That URL one more time is hover.com slash connected. Go make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for their support of the show and Relay FM. We are four weeks away from WWDC. Oh, no. Don't mention that. Holy moly. So each week between now and WWDC, with maybe the... I mean, we'll try and squeeze one of these into the Ricky's episode as well. Uh, We are all going to be picking a feature that we would like to see, just one feature, added to one of Apple's platforms. Federico, would you like to begin? This actual entire topic, was I was inspired by uh, a tweet that you put out over the last couple of days about the files app so yeah because i was annoyed by the <laughs> files app because it's it's a it's a silly app that nobody cares about it it seems um so yes that's my pick i want to see a complete overhaul of the files app i actually wouldn't mind if they just go ahead and call it finder at this point i mean let's just do something different because this is not cutting it um i complained in my tweet about uh, the just the Two basic features that I noticed um, when I was testing um, a US, the, the, the Samsung T5 on the old iPad Pro, how you I was trying to paste a folder and you couldn't see progress, right? You have a seven gigabyte uh, file that mm-hmm. you're copying and pasting between locations. Uh, no, actually, I was uh, doing a backup of my Obsidian database. Because I remember what you told me, Mike, about CGP Grey losing his, uh, having his <laughs> database. I was yeah. like, I got to do something here and I want to make sure that I, you know, that I have a backup. So I was literally moving a folder of plain text files. That folder also contains, however, some attachments, some images. So it's not like, I mean, it's like a 15, 20 megabyte folder. First, I tried to confirm the size of the folder by checking out the inspector panel. They have an info button in the in the files app. It doesn't tell you the size of a folder. <laughs> you select a folder, you hit info, uh, and it doesn't tell you the size of the folder. I mean, this is an incredibly inconsistent feature for me or Mac OS, so uh, there isn't too much of a complaint there from, from platform to platform. Then I tried to copy and paste this folder from local storage into my iCloud drive just to make sure that I had a secondary backup of it. When I pasted that, the folder in the new location, it the icon, the folder icon stayed dimmed, mm-hmm. which I assumed it meant that the copy and paste process was still in progress. There was really no way for me to tell what was happening because there was no progress indicator whatsoever. But Federico, it just works. No, I don't. I don't. I don't believe you. Like, you don't, I don't believe... need to see, right? It just works. Why do you need a progress indicator? No, I don't want to see. I, I don't believe anyone here. I just want give me a progress bar. Give me some kind mm-hmm. of message that tells me, hey, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like at, at some point, transparency is is more user friendly than believe in the system. You know, just let me know what's occurring. Just so, just so that I know, it's fine. Like it can be a slow transfer. I don't care as long as you tell me, um, so that you know I can plan my day accordingly or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to go to the park. I moved some files around. <laughs> I mean, it gets even worse. I, I believe a friend of the show, Chris Lolly, tweeted at me, showing me a screenshot of what he, you know, he has a YouTube channel and. 
showed me like I gotta move like video assets between locations in files. And usually when I need to do this, because there's no progress bar and it's slow, like I have to do this by initiating the, the copy and paste process and then leaving two files windows in split view in the foreground and then I just get up and go do something else while files... because yeah, I guess <laughs> if you started doing other things, I mean, the files app could just be kicked out of memory and then yeah. you're starting all over again. Yeah. Federico, looking at this screenshot, what is in the folder labeled Eddie? Eddie is a plain text editor. It's a free app from the App Store. I'm afraid to shoot down your EddieQ fanfic theory right away. <laughs> it's it not that. happening. It's not happening. It's just an app from the App Store. It's called Eddie. Eddie so. is an editor name is incredibly good. That is pretty good. I love yep. that. Also, the creator of Eddie is on, is in our Discord right now. Oh, so. Hello. Oh, wow. Sorry, I didn't know the name of your app. <laughs> um, so yes, files. Um, complete overhaul. It will be the, the simple way to describe what I want. Mm, if I got to be more specific, let's see. Starting from the basics. Let me change the extension of a file. <laughs> it's still not possible in the files app. Like you want to turn something from, you know, sometimes you have those files that you got to change the extension and they become something else. Like, uh, what's an example? Like it, sometimes you change from .zip to something else and you can inspect the contents of the... Like sometimes you just want to change the extension, all right? But, right, from TXT to MD, for example. But it just works. You cannot do that in files. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying this as like, I'm being annoying. I know. Yeah. This is the problem with a lot of iPadOS stuff is in an ideal world, you would never do any of these things, right? The computer should do all of this stuff for you. It should be smart. Y yeah, you know, but you, computers you, are actually dumb. But it doesn't work like that, right? Like, it doesn't work like that. Like, you shouldn't have to sit around and wait for files to transfer, and, and you shouldn't have to care about how long it's going to take. The computer should just do it, right? But it doesn't. Having... having been having done my job for 12 years at this point my working theory of computers is that computers are, are not smart computers are powerful we are the <laughs> smart ones operating yes. them yeah computers are stupid mm -hmm. they, they, because they have no brain like they're just chips doing things we are the intelligent ones driving them uh, which is what causes the problem when there's folks like you know some developers like I guess, some of the developers of the Files app thinking, oh, but what if the computer had an opinion? And that's where the problem lies. Like, the computer shouldn't have an opinion. Like, hey, this is, it just works. No, no. The computer is dumb. We are the smart ones. Anyway, let's see. Changing extensions. Um, some, any kind of deeper shortcuts integration. I think it's wild that if I want to have proper file management features in shortcuts, I have to use Toolbox Pro because Toolbox Pro has actual f files integration with things like you can bookmark folders and you can search and retrieve, you can rename, and shortcuts has none of this built in. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of shortcuts, I would love to see, you know, how on the Mac you have uh, customizable quick actions 
in the file in the finder inspector you can have like those quick actions for resizing you know changing file types and you can install uh, third-party uh, quick actions in in the finder i know that john made a custom one uh, for him for image uploads for the max stories of cdn mm. which is nice it's pretty cool that you can do that you should be able to do the same thing on in files uh, and make your own custom quick actions using shortcuts yeah saved searches or smart smart folders right i mean this is a much bigger issue that we mention on app stories every few weeks basically i don't know what kind of problem apple has with the idea in general of smart folders because none of their apps have it on ios or iPadOS. mail music files um just let me save a search let me make a smart folder i'm again Federico, i know what i'm doing you are the smart folder <laughs> Remember, you are the smart one. I'm, I am the, I am the. Well, I'm not smart enough to sort my files, though. That's the problem. The computer's smarter in that regard, as long as it can actually give you the folder. Uh, more sorting options again, matching what they do on the Mac, and lastly, uh, I will say a built-in versioning system. Again, this is weird because it's an it's actually an API for developers. If you're a developer of an iCloud Drive based application, you can use versions. For example, MindNode as a native versioning system based on iCloud Drive. But Apple itself is not using it. <laughs> They're not using versions in files for iCloud Drive. Wow, I, don't get I it. didn't know that. I don't get it. It's been an API for like the past three or four years or something. And I uh, remember this is the last item. Remember how back in the days of iOS 13, they rolled out all those fancy changes for files. Like you could pin your files, for example. You could, you could keep certain files always offline. Um, there were other changes for developers in the, AP, in the files framework for things like search and for adding, I believe they're called decorations, so like little status icons to files in to documents in the files app. And then they removed those features from the iOS uh, 13 beta at some point, and they never they never came back. Never came back. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> I want to know what happened to the person to the to the intern that was working on pinned files. Did they also go back to Scotland? Um, because, like, I don't get it. Like, it, it was a feature. <laughs> it was peculiarly specific. <laughs> it's a James Thompson joke. Oh, yes. okay. Please get my references. Come on. It's well, James your... James was in Ireland then. So, you know, get, get your chronology right. Oh, I got the country. I'm sorry. I mean, he lives, in, he lives in Scotland now. Oh, see, that's why I was confused. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know James in the past. You know, I, was, I wasn't born. So that's not to say the James is old. Oh, this is you're really digging this one, huh? No, <laughs> really, just really going for it. Still, somebody made that feature and then disappeared. Why uh -huh. is like? Let me pin my files. I'm done. For my uh, first WWDC feature request, I'm going for a big one. I'm going for an obvious one. Everyone's talking about it, so I'm picking it. I would like, as part of an overall expansion of iPadOS's capabilities. I want 
to be have I want to be able to plug my iPad into an external monitor and get access to a windowed focused iPadOS system. What does it I mean said this, window focus? Right. So I've said this many times before. I think windowing, like the idea of windowing on Mac OS and on Windows is ugly, right? Like applications overlapping each other and all that kind of stuff. I find it ugly, but ultimately best for my productivity because I can have apps laid out however I want. I can see multiple apps at once without needing to switch between them if I want to just by resizing things. I can have like, I have like six windows in front of me right now and I can look at all of you them. You do? And yeah, I have oh my God. the Discord. I have Audio Hijack. I how, have Zoom. I how have do you arrange Safari. them? Like, well, how they're, tiny they're not, are they? Not that tiny. I've got a big monitor here. They're not nice. They doesn't look nice to have all these application windows open at once, but it is useful, oh, right? Sounds like a nightmare. Well, so this is the thing, Federico. I became really allergic to this idea because I was in the world of iPad for a long time, and now it's like slowly started to creep out of me. Now I'm using the Mac again, and I'm very much in the lots of Windows kind of thing. And look, for me personally, now my mind has changed. I I love the focus that iPad OS can provide, so I don't want to make the typical iPad experience like this, right? Like I don't want to have six tiny windows on my 11-inch iPad. Like I don't want that. But if I plug it into a bigger monitor, I want that flexibility. Like the modular computer, as Federico has said many times, like I want it to go that extra step. And so, like when it's in this environment, now I can have say six apps, right? Even if you put them in a grid, right? I'm fine with that. Like. But what I want to be able to do is have more than two applications active, available, and on screen at one time. No, that That's I agree. I want, My problem right? is with the potential of like freely resizable windows and the overlapping windows. I don't need freely resizable, right? Like I, as I said okay. before, I wish that there was a way on the Mac natively and in a way that looked good to have everything just snap to these certain sizes. And it, like, I don't like the overlapping. I, I'd never really. I, no, I do not overlap windows, right? Okay, I don't let okay. the windows overlap each other. I just resize them so I can see them all at once. That's what I like. And so I would be fine with this if they, even if they limited it to like five or six, that would be great because this would make things more useful for me. I think really as well, like it would actually finally make multiple app instances or windows on iPadOS useful because, I mean, I just find it messy Right, like when you like, oh, you tap that, but you go to press and hold, and then you can choose between the two that you want. But like now, I could actually have two versions of Safari and two versions of I don't know Discord. That's it's the first app there. Two two versions of Numbers open, and I could use them all at once. Like that's what I'm able to do on my Mac very easily. But on the iPad, I've always found that experience somewhat lacking, and I think the ability to be able to have multiple. Um, many like multiple app opens at a time would be much nicer you know I, i i need more control over how many things can be on screen where they are and their size that's that's what i want to see and i don't need this to be a thing for the regular ipad experience but i really want it to be a thing for giving me more opportunity to use my ipad in different environments and plugging it into a monitor would allow me to do that i think it'd be great So I'm going to pick something uh, on the Mac. I'm definitely not alone in this. In fact, y'all mentioned a similar thing on App Stories this week. But Notification Center on the Mac has never been good 
It's always mm. just been stuck over there on the right-hand side. It used to have a dedicated icon in the menu bar, and now you have to click the clock to get to it, which makes just no sense whatsoever. The top half of it, or the top section of it, is notifications. Uh, by default, you get three stacks of notifications, and then you can click more. So few. So few. And see the rest of them. I never go in here, so I just have hundreds of notifications in here. And then underneath that, you have widgets. And they are they look great. They are from iOS, so they're not interactive the way that they used to be. But they look really nice, and you know, I guess you can stash some stuff over there and, and see what's going on. But they also made notifications worse because they they stopped being interactive in Big Sur. It's like you used to be able to reply to an iMessage, right, on the notification itself. You can't do that anymore. I don't know about messages in particular, but there are some that do have some, like mail you can delete or a message. So there's some interactivity. I just don't know about messages off the top of my head. But this whole deal, cramming it into a corner, only showing three stacks of widgets at a top, shove or three notifications, stacks of notifications, having widgets under them, it just doesn't work. It, it's way too crowded. Uh, I think having it behind the clock means most people just think that this just went away. <laughs> like, oh, there used to be this thing over there I would hit sometimes accidentally, and now it's uh, now it's gone. I think there are a lot of things I could do to fix this. I think let notifications run the full top to bottom the way they used to. It used to be a segmented control, so you could flip in between notifications and widgets. Uh, I think you just make this all notifications. I think you put widgets on the desktop or, you know, bring back dashboard, a place for widgets to live on their own. Because the thing that's frustrating to me is if you hit the edit widgets button, you get, in my case, on my pro display, it's about half the screen (laughs) and I can see a bunch of widgets all at once, but not to use them, but to pick from them to see which one that I want over in the sidebar. I'm assuming you are not using widgets on your Mac. I have a calendar, world clock, and parcel. So my widgets on the Mac, they just reset all the time. Oh, do they? So like I add a bunch of widgets and then they just disappear, which is great. It's what I want. So like I want to lay out all my widgets, set them all up, and then the next, then some, I do something, I maybe I restart my Mac or whatever. That's bad. And then it'll just, they're just That's gone. Real they're bad. just gone again. <laughs> it's just, okay, thanks for that. <laughs> So, so th- this corner of macOS has never been great, but Apple has made it noticeably worse in Big Sur. Yeah. And I think they really need to rethink it. You have this giant screen, use it, you know? And mm-hmm. I, don't know, I just find it really frustrating because this could be really useful and cool and it's just not. Long live dashboard. It is funny that they got rid of dashboard and then created a whole new widget thing. Especially because like these widgets are confined to a, to a tiny overlay sidebar yeah i really do miss that and it's not a sentence that i would have ever thought of saying in 2021 but i miss the freedom of dashboard (laughs) well because dash i mean the reason it's funny is just because like dashboard became useless because there was nothing going on right it was an old technology that nobody was using anymore like it wasn't a bad idea just then nobody great idea that's why it took off and people loved it you know but then it just became something that nobody updated yeah. anymore. Nobody did anything for it. And, it got stagnant. But now, 
like these widgets that it's perfect for it, right? Like we have them on our iPhone, you know, we have them on our iPad somewhat. And Look, they brought back, back Rosetta and they've brought back Universal Apps. Just bring back Dashboard, Dashboard 2. There you go, Dashboard 2. Dashboard 2. I think that does it this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. If you want to read more about the stuff we spoke about, the trackers that we ordered, Head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 345. It's an easy one to remember this week. You'll find all those links there. You can also send us an email with feedback or follow-up from the webpage. There's also a link to join, and you'll get Connected Pro, which is a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. This month, a bunch of Relay FM shows are putting out bonus content for all Relay FM members. So even if you support another show like Reconcilable Differences, you can hear our special Connected Pro members can listen to theirs. Lots of fun stuff going on. So now is a great time to join. Go uh, go do it. Mike, what's the fancy URL people can go to? GetConnectedPro.co You can find us all online. You can find Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike hosts a bunch of shows here on Relay FM and has an awesome Twitch channel where he does keyboardy stuff at Mike.Live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can find Federico on Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. He is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net, the home of um, of the newest app reviewer on the block, Mike Hurley. Hello, it's me. Federico, you've hired Mike. Congratulations. Sure, thank you. Uh, are you not asking me the questions anymore? Have we stopped dating? Well, I took a little break. Uh, a couple okay. weeks ago, and I just haven't found a good time to get back into it. Could have told me, so we'll see. You've been you've been ghosting me. I'm sorry. Sure. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. Stephen. Stephen's the kind of guy who just leave you on red. Yeah, you that's know? rough. That's that. Okay. That's how he leaves you. Sure. All right. Clearly, you didn't do a good job of your answers, Federico. Yeah, I mean, now I feel judged. Yeah, you didn't feel... intrigue him enough. He doesn't. You know, yeah, I guess. Him. Wow, way way to boost my self-esteem, Stephen. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you can find me on Twitter as ISMH. I like both of, parachute and all that of these two guys. Host <laughs> 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 a bunch of shows here on the network, and you can find my writing at 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, FitBod, Mac Weldon, and Hover. And you're probably into podcasts because you're listening to a podcast, and we're podcasters. And so let me tell you about another show here on Relay a show about art history for anyone and everyone. You don't need an art degree or, in my case, half an art degree to listen. Uh, It's hosted by Quinn Rose and Betty Chin. They are so much fun together. It's a great show. Relay.fm slash pictorial or search pictorial wherever you get your shows. And until next week, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.